Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast. We're your hosts, Caitlin Mitchell and Jessica Kanata. If you're looking for ways to bring rigor and engagement to your middle school ELA classroom without sacrificing your nights and weekends, then this podcast is for you. Our goal is to provide you with your weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can actually enjoy teaching again. We'll help you bring the fun and creativity to your ELA lessons so that your students master the standards and you can leave school when the bell rings. Get ready to be that teacher you've always wanted to be to do great work and thrive. Welcome back, you guys, to another episode. Again, I'm loving the intro. It's so fun to have that to start each episode with, right? So fresh. <laughs> As opposed to me saying the same thing over and over again every week, right? <laughs> Um, all right. So this episode, we're going to be talking about hooking your students with an engaging lesson or engaging lessons at the start of any unit that you're doing. So this can be, you know, any literature unit even works for nonfiction informational mm-hmm. text, whatever it is that you're doing in your classroom. Um, but before we dive into this particular topic, if you've been struggling to get your students engaged this year, perhaps just even recently, right. They were maybe highly engaged at the beginning of the year. And now things are kind of starting to fall off the bandwagon. It's October. Right. It's that kind of difficult time of the school year. Um, or maybe you're starting to struggle with classroom behavior issues, right? Then we'd love to share one of our teacher favorite free downloads with you that will absolutely have your students engaged. I'm talking like high levels of engagement, wanting to stay after class, missing recess to continue doing this lesson. Um, and since they'll be highly engaged, right. Those behavior problems tend to go out the window when that happens, right. When students are focused on their learning, they don't have time to screw around with their friends in class. Right. So our haunted forest escape room, absolutely a teacher favorite. And I think it's perfect for this time of school year, right? It's kind of spooky and creepy. It's perfect for the Halloween season. And you can grab that haunted forest escape room for free by going to ebacademics.com forward slash escape room. We've also included a digital and print version for you. And I actually like the digital version a lot. Like the digital Mm version is really cool. Um, so don't feel like, Oh, it's just a digital version version. It's actually a really elevated digital version of that as well. Um, and again, I say this every time we give away a free resource, free resource is great. Downloading it is great, but actually using it in your classroom is a whole other ball game. So after you've downloaded, put it into your plans. If you've batch planned, right pick something out, put this one in, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. that flexibility, like we talked about last week on the podcast, because this is such a great lesson for your students. You will absolutely want to do this. And Jess, do you want to talk about when also might be aside for if they can't use it, like right into Halloween, when would be another good time to use this particular lesson? And I will say like, it's just perfect for Halloween because of the haunted forest ask. There's no Halloween like component to it. So you really could use this any time of year. It's great before any novel unit, any short story unit where you're going to have students analyze the text, right? Come up with claims, find evidence, give justification because this escape room is going to kind of be like a a mini boot camp of that, right? It's going to get them hooked on the idea, get them used to that language. And then you can dive deep into it when you do your actual literature unit. It's also great to use before an argumentative writing unit or the EBW unit, which is our evidence-based writing unit, if you're one of our EB teachers. So it's a great way to just engage your students, get them used to those elements of lit analysis, and then do your deep dive. So any time of year is great. Yeah. And I love that because this is basically like 
an example of a hook, like we're going to talk about today to hook your students into one of your units. So this is a good idea of kind of what we're going to be talking about on the episode. So definitely go download that ebacademics.com forward slash escape room. All right, let's dive into the actual episodes. We're talking all about hooking your students with engaging lessons at the start of any unit that you're doing. So we're actually going to share one of our favorite parts of our EB lesson planning framework. So we talk about this in our book, The Empowered ELA Teacher. We have some uh, blog posts about it. Um, But this lesson planning framework is really your go-to guide for leaving school when the bell rings, right? We talk about batch planning, but we've got to have a framework within batch planning to, you know, have our lessons followed to make it easy for us to plan. It actually, it makes it a whole heck of a lot easier. And again, tying into that motto of of being the teacher you want to be doing great work in your classroom and thriving. It comes down to frameworks, um, approaches, whatever word you want to use for that. Um, and just so you know, inside of our EB teachers club, which is our monthly membership, we actually have the three components of our EB lesson planning framework. And we're not going to go over all three today. That would be super overwhelming for you, but we want (laughs) to share one of our favorites with you so that you can start implementing it tomorrow, next week in your classroom and see those immediate results. So Jess, if you want to kind of dive into to what this particular thing is. Yes. I love talking about this. Happy <laughs> to. So we're about to show you how to plan the beginning of any ELA unit you have for the year, right? Because when you have a clear glaze, I can't speak today because when you have a clear <laughs> game plan for the start of each of your units, then your students are engaged in rigorous learning, right? You're not scrambling to try to come up with something interesting to hook them. You've got your game plan. You're just going to follow it. So you don't have to go on TPT. You don't have to go on Pinterest and find something last minute. And so this is what I noticed in the past with teachers I worked with, or this is something I actually used to do in the past as well. Same guilty, finish, guilty. You too. Yeah, okay. hundred percent finish one unit, right? You finish your novel unit or whatever it is. And now it's time for your next one. And you just dive right in to your next unit. There's no clear segue, right? You wrap up that text and then boom, you start the next one the next day. And maybe it's one you purchased online, or maybe it's one you created, but there's no continuity, right? And if that's the case, if you're just jumping from one unit to the next, then your students are doing the same thing, right? They're bouncing from one topic to the next as well. And maybe they feel like they're just doing the same thing over and over, right? They're reading, they're discussing, they're answering questions, they write an essay, they take a test, (laughs) and then it starts all over again. It gets boring for them. It gets boring for you. Everyone's disengaged. And then you're missing out on that opportunity to hook your students, to get them so excited. Like Caitlin was talking about earlier, where they want to stay in at recess. They want to keep learning. They're saying, what are we doing next? Mm -hmm. Because think about this. When our students are not engaged in their learning, right? When they're bored and disengaged, so many things happen. So many negative ripple effects, right? We don't get their buy-in. So they're already tuning us out. From the beginning. From the beginning. Oh, so (laughs) awful. And when they're not interested, right? You hear those groans of protest. You see those eye rolls. And then you see their lack of effort in the work they produce. And that's where the behavior issues come in, right? You're constantly saying certain students' names over and over. You're frustrated with your class. You're not looking forward to maybe six period because you know it's, oh my gosh, that group of students who are just going to give you a hard time. Maybe their heads are on their desks or they're like, oh, what time is class over? It's all that stuff. And you've worked hard on your lesson, right? 
So now you're frustrated grading their assignments because of that lack of effort. And you're wondering like, what was the point? Why did I put effort into this when they're not giving effort? Or maybe on the flip side, there is no effort whatsoever. It's just crickets in your classroom, right? You're pulling out all the stops and it's just silence. There's no analyzing. There's no problem solving. You kind of dread having your admin come in because you don't want them to see that, you know, you're capable of more and your students, of course, are capable of more. So when our students are not motivated, then they're not going to take pride in their work, right? So unit after unit, you're going to see the same tired mistakes of students, right? They're not going to have that strong evidence from the text. They're not going to justify their work, or maybe it'll be incomplete because they just rushed through it. So we don't want that to happen, right? We want to flip the script completely and provide our students with engaging lessons at the very beginning of a unit so that we can hook them. And that's what's covered in the three parts of our EB lesson planning approach, our framework inside the EB teachers club. And again, we don't want to overwhelm you with that today. We want to give you just one little aspect, how to create those engaging lessons from the get-go of any unit so that you can see big results from your students and to get you more excited to go into the classroom and teach. Yes. I love it. And as you're like listing all those things, I'm like, Oh my God, are you just dreading? You're like, like the negativity was like overwhelming. You know I what know, I mean? And that's it's also the reality. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And like, just think about like that energy that's coming into your classroom and like the energy that you're around every day and how much that impacts us. Right. It's mm-hmm. so much about maintaining that like positive energy, that positive vibe and vibration yes. of ourselves in our classroom with our our students. And that stems from something as simple as what we're talking about in this episode is the into lesson. And we're going to talk about exactly what that is, what it looks like and some ideas for you to use. Um, because at the beginning of a unit, right, if you can come in with those high vibes, that high positivity in your classroom, that's going to change kind of the course of everything. And as you were saying everything, I'm thinking back to high school and I, I, I've talked about history on the last podcast episode. Clearly I have an issue with history, <laughs> but I'm thinking back to my high school history classes and just being like, oh, another unit. You know what I mean? Like flipping, like I hated it. It was mm-hmm. awful. And it was like exactly what you're saying. We take a test on Wednesday and the next unit starts on Thursday. And I'm yeah. like, here we go again. You know what I mean? Just like so unengaged. And perhaps that's why I don't like history very much because <laughs> of my experiences in high school. Could be. Um, But so using this into lesson, we'll talk about what it is. So the into lesson is a part of, again, our EB lesson planning framework. It's the first part of our framework. And it usually lasts about one to two class periods. And you're going to use this at the start of any unit. So maybe it's a new novel unit. um, Perhaps it's a new writing unit, whatever it is that you're doing in your classroom. And the sole purpose, right? The only reason not the only reason, but the sole like main purpose is to hook your students in this particular unit. We're going to give them relevant background information, right? We're going to give them information that's necessary so that they can successfully tackle the concepts in the upcoming unit, but we're doing it in a highly engaging way for them so that when you start that next unit, let's say that it's the house on Mango Street, before you even start reading the text, students are all about what's about to happen in that particular unit. They are engaged. They're like, yes, those, you know, prediction stations were awesome. And they're learning right about Sandra Cisneros and they're learning about the history behind the text, but in a fun and engaging way. And so we want to give you some ideas for these particular into lessons. And I also want to share, if you go to our blog and you type in into lessons, we have a whole blog post as well that you can check out um, that outlines these. If you're like a reader, right? If you want to read 
read more about it too and kind of see it in action on the blog. And before we jump into these ideas, I think it's worth noting that these all follow this rinse and repeat idea. Mm -hmm. So this is something we talk about inside the EB Teachers Club, but we try to show our teachers that we can use the same activities over and over, especially if students are engaged and they love them. We'll just switch them up a tiny bit for maybe a different text. It saves us time planning. And then it's a win-win because our students already enjoy it and we know it's engaging and rigorous. So Mm -hmm. I just want you to keep that in mind with the three activities that we're going to share today. Please do use them more than once during the school year. Yes. They're fantastic. You can go through them. Done. You'll, you'll explain them better than I will. Okay. I'll, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> the first one you may have mentioned, heard us mention this before, but it's popcorn predictions, right? This is perfect for a novel unit or a short story unit. It does take a little bit of prep beforehand, but basically you go through the novel and you find sentences that are really intriguing. It's like those cliffhanger sentences where they give maybe just a bit of detail and leave you wanting more. And you just jot them down, write them down, type them up, whatever you're going to do. Ideally, you have one per student. It's totally okay if some of the sentences repeat, um, but you want to pick really strong sentences. So you type them all up and then you cut those sentences into strips and you distribute them to each student. They read that sentence and they make a prediction of what they think the novel is going to be about. And then they pop around the room like popcorn, right? And they find another student with a different sentence. They read each other their sentences and now they build on their predictions. And all this time they can be documenting it, writing it down, right? They pop again. Now they're hearing a third sentence and they're building on their knowledge again. So you can have them pop around the room as much as you like. And it's just a great way to get them inferring about the text they're about to read. And I actually love one of our teachers. I don't know if you saw this, Caitlin posted in the Facebook group, Caitlin's nodding. So I think she (laughs) did see this one, but it was so cool. She had written, I think on the board, right. That they were doing popcorn predictions and students were like, oh, we've done popcorn reading before it doesn't go well. And the teacher's (laughs) like, oh no, no, you haven't done it like this before. And when she explained the activity and then students actually did it, they were like, oh, that was so much fun. Yeah. So I love that. It's a win for everyone. And hopefully you can see that, okay, if students did well with it, you're going to also do it for another novel later in the school year. And you can actually talk to students about how their predictions might improve throughout the year and what kind of evidence from those sentences are they using to expand those predictions. So popcorn predictions, it's great. One of our teachers also shared a a picture of a huge bag of popcorn that she got. I mean, I'm talking like, I don't know, like a 10-gallon bag of popcorn, like that size, not that weight. Um, I was just like, where does one even get a bag of popcorn no that big? <laughs> Amazon, right? <laughs> but oh how gosh, fun. So fun. Yeah. Bring in totally. a little snack and up level the engagement if you can. Yes. Yeah. And one of the other things that another teacher had shared was, I guess she went online to try mm-hmm. to find sentences as well as yeah. opposed to searching through the book. I can't remember mm-hmm. if she put in a certain keyword or anything like that. Do you recall what she had mentioned? I don't or... remember what she did, but yeah, it was a much easier way to do it. She could just find like engaging sentences from the book. Yeah, from the particular book online. And she just right. used those ones as opposed to going through the book herself. So if you need a little shortcut, totally simple way to do that too. Or EB teachers, don't forget to check the Facebook group because sometimes teachers share theirs and then you don't have to do any of the work. You can just use hello teachers. <laughs> um, okay. The next into activity to start any unit, this works particularly well, again, with literature units. It can even work for informational text units. We call this five word wonder. One of our teachers actually came up with that title. So this is where you give your students five words or phrases from the text, and then they're going to work in groups to come up with 
usually a paragraph predicting what the story is about or what the text is about. So if it was, um, we usually use the example of thank you, ma'am, right. By Langston Mm -hmm. Hughes. And we put the words blue suede shoes on there, or we even put thank you, ma'am, a few others, right. And students then have to create what they think the story is about. And you can up level this activity as well. It can be really fun to give little awards to your students, right? Who was the most accurate? Which group had that? Which one was the funniest? Which one was the most way off base prediction, but they still put in good effort or however you want to do this. It can be really fun for students to come up with those theories. And then they can, again, support why did they come up with that prediction based on those words? So it's a great way to introduce a literature unit. Again, you can easily do that again with another text. Mm -hmm. It's super simple. Like I actually just wrote the words on the board for my students. I didn't even print anything out, like no prep work at all, other than just making sure that you're choosing really solid words. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to just include necessarily a character's name that doesn't perhaps have anything to do with like relevance to the text. Maybe there is a character's name that's really important to the text. You might want to include something like that. So because I think we did do that for, uh, thank you, ma'am. I think we put in there, Mrs. Luella Bates, Washington Jones, because it's just yeah. such a great name. So totally. that was a good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, next activity, this is called anticipation station. So this one does take a little bit more prep again, can be used multiple times throughout the year. This is where ideally you come up with, let's say four to five different stations that your students can rotate through in the classroom. So again, if it's, let's say it's before a novel unit, it doesn't have to be, but I'll use that example. One of your stations might be some background information about the author and the time period, this historical context of the novel you're about to read. You could either write this or you could go on biography.com, right? Find a grade level appropriate article that your students can read and give them some discussion points or some questions to answer based on that article. Another station might be some vocabulary work. Maybe there's some keywords you want to front load your students with that they're going to be reading in the first few chapters of the text. And you want to make sure they understand those definitions. So you can give them the list of words, have them come up with synonyms, antonyms, et cetera, right? A symbol for the words. You get the idea. Mm-hmm. Another station might be that five word wonder activity, have them write a prediction paragraph together, giving them five words. You get the idea though, that you're just coming up with little stations that they rotate through in the classroom. And then you have a quick class discussion afterwards. So one, maybe two class periods, depending on the length of your stations, but it hooks students. It gets them excited about the text, especially, you know, if some of your stations are a bit more engaging, right. And it just gets them um, having that background knowledge so that they go into that unit feeling a bit more prepared. Mm -hmm. And instead of just you lecturing right in front of the classroom. Totally. Well, it was something that I did with Romeo and Juliet, because Mm -hmm. it is really important for students to understand certain things about that time period. Yeah. Um, And I actually incorporated pictures with my stations, with my questions. And I thought that that was really powerful for them to see it. You know, what do, what is, what do, um, gosh, like what does carnival look like, you know, yes. in Venice and things like that, that are relevant to that time period so that they understand, you know, like when Romeo and Juliet go to the, the masquerade, like what that might actually look like to give them images in their mind of what this text is about, because it can be so, you know, far removed from, from what they understand, right. In their lifetime, what might've been actually happening for Romeo and Juliet at that time period. Although I do love the Leonardo DiCaprio version of that, even though it's definitely not what it was probably what Shakespeare envisioned. No. Although I do remember in high school reading Romeo and Juliet 
freshman year and they made us watch that version of the movie as part of class. Definitely yeah. entertaining. I showed it to my eighth graders, but there were certain scenes that I oh yeah obviously couldn't show. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but it, it, it's good. Got a lovely Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, so to reiterate what Jessica has shared with you. So there are three different ones that we've shared for Into Lessons, Popcorn Predictions, Five Word Wonder, and Anticipation Stations. And again, these Into Lessons are going to cover, you know, one to two class periods, depending on the length of your class period. And you can use them at the start of any unit. It's really to get students engaged, excited about what you guys are going to be covering and moving into so that they hopefully don't feel like I did in history class in high school where they're like, uh, this is, come on, we got to go to another book now. We just right. finished one, right? <laughs> we don't want them to feel that way at all. Um, so if you kind of want to see something that we suggest that you use as an into lesson in action, I'd highly suggest you go download that free haunted forest escape room that I shared with you at the beginning of the episode. So you again can go to ebacademics.com forward slash escape room and grab that awesome lesson. It's three really different lessons within that unit that you can use at the beginning of, you know, a persuasive writing unit at the beginning of any of a novel unit that has students working with literary analysis, which we suggest that you do all the time for any literature Mm -hmm. unit that you're doing side note. Um, but definitely go check that out. Pick a date to teach it. Don't just download it and let it sit in your emails or on your desktop actually teach it to your students because it is a game changer. They're going to love it. It is going to throw, you know, classroom management issues out the window and your students are going to be highly, highly engaged in their learning. All right. With that being said, have a wonderful rest of your week. You guys next week, we'll be talking about an easy Halloween activity that you'll definitely want to do with your students so tomorrow, fun. next week, right before we move into Halloween. Can't even believe Halloween is around the corner. Crazy. We'll have to talk costumes next week too, Caitlin. Oh, you will. You know what I'm going to be. I do. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys next week on the podcast. Bye everybody. (laughs) Bye.